When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What you need to know is being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Sedano in Miami. Myself, Lindsay Baseball, and the Queen all in studio in L.A. Balake Harris on the way. But... And real quick, I'll do what you need to know since Blake's on the line. Uh, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz have reached a deal to share the boxing ring this summer. It was announced yesterday that the YouTuber-turned-boxer Paul and former UFC title challenger Diaz will square off on August 5th in Dallas. The fight will be an eight-round boxing match, which will be contested at 185 pounds and go down at American Airlines Center. Oddsmakers currently have Jake Paul as a minus-250 favorite. And the event will be promoted under the DAZN banner and will air live on pay-per-view. That's what you need to know. So I really would love Nate Diaz to beat up on Jake Paul. Beat his face in, yes, me too. But I kind of worry that Nate Diaz is a good MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And a good wrestler. Yeah, I'm not really sure that he's got the boxing skill. And this he could just turn into another... Like a, another guy that you would expect to beat Jake Paul, and then all of a sudden Jake Paul beats him because it's a boxing match rather than an MMA fight. Well, I don't think a lot of people are expecting him to beat him based on those odds. I, I honestly like. I think that Jake Paul would will probably beat him. Boxing match. Yeah, he has more experience boxing at least. I love Nate Diaz. Yeah, he's he's a pretty uh he's a pretty crazy dude too. He's a badass from Stockton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as Conor McGregor would say, only canaries are in Stockton. Y'all yeah, wife is in me DMs, hey baby. Yeah. <laughs> Nate favorite. Diaz, um, tough guy, arguably the toughest mother bleeper I've ever seen. But I mean, he's not a boxer, and at least Jake Paul has had boxing training for several years. So another fight I won't watch, and another um although again, it's weird because I like what Jake Paul is doing for MMA guys like Nick Diaz and Nate Di- or Nate Diaz in this case. Um and but I also feel like these fights are not worth my time. You know what? If you respect Jake Paul for what he's doing for these guys, he's helping these guys make some extra cash, why don't you help these guys out and buy the fight? I mean, um, here you always tell me about how cheap I am because I don't subscribe to Balake Harris's Substack. Right, but Balake helps us every week. Well, I think that you should help Nate Diaz. Pro bono. So I, the least I can do is subscribe to his Substack and drive people to to subscribe to his Substack so they can see the Lord's work he's doing uncovering the Dodgers. All right. Well, let's talk to this young fellow. What do you say about that? Yeah, and you can follow him on Twitter at Blake H Harris, two H's, and of course the podcast is inside the ravine. You see, you see how he tries to turn this on me, Blake. I'm the only one that actually supports you. Well, that's not true. I think Lindsay does too, and Laura might, but everyone but him basically supports you, and yet. He still like wants to put pin this on us. I appreciate it, George. I appreciate it, George. One day, I mean, the day will come. Little Blake Harris Jr., who's going to be graduating high school, he'll be all proud of me as we're going on year twenty-five at the Substack, and Cappy's going to be there, you know, in his wheelchair. Still not subscribed. 
Yeah. But he'll still have that <laughs> smile on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the case. I don't know, Cappy, Blake. You're going to be a wheelchair guy, you think? I, I don't know. I see myself more as a walker guy. Oh, okay. You know, less of a wheelchair. Now, now maybe like a rocking chair, Blake, with like a nice Afghan over my knees mm. would be lovely. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's actually probably more fitting. Yeah. So um, let me just point out that the two of you guys, both last week were wailing away, oh, Justin Turner, hitting 100. Get him out of the four hole. Blake, I saw you go on Twitter and say, well, um, my tweet did not age too well, did it? You actually called yourself out on your, your bad Justin Turner take. Am I right? Actually, it was a uh, Max Muncy take, but yes, uh, it, it was a take that, you know, I'm not going to say it was a bad take because at the time it made perfect sense. So Max Muncy through the first two weeks of the season was awful. I mean, What did I say, by the way? Season. You said Max Muncy. What did I say? <laughs> you said Justin Turner. Check that. Max Muncy. Thank you. Keep going. <laughs> Oh, there you go. But yeah, Max Muncy, after two weeks, was hitting 120, OPS of 500, only had one home run. By all the metrics, he was the worst hitter in all of baseball. So I did an article where I went in depth on how bad he is and why the Dodgers need to move him out of the four hole and move him down a few spots in the lineup until he figures things out. So naturally, after the article goes live, Max Muncy has the greatest two-game stretch of his entire <laughs> career. It's four home runs, drives in 11 RBIs, and all of a sudden, everyone's co-tweeting the article. But as I said, I never said he had to be released or anything. I just said, move him down until, you know, he figures it out. Well, safe to say he figured it out. So Dodgers fans, uh, if you want a reason for this Max Muncy resurgence, I, Blake Harris, am taking full responsibility. Don't, don't take full. Don't take full. Take <laughs> half. Because George here must have read your substack and then came onto the airwaves and was pushing your agenda on Max well, Muncy. I, I, or we can, or just bright minds can think alike. I mean, I do read the substack, but I actually did see it much later that he also felt the same way. Um, I mean, and, Ma- and look, by the way, I, I don't know if you wrote this in your substack because I only, I only saw the headline, but... I mean, last year he stunk, too. That was my case. Like, he didn't hit the ball at all last year. Yeah, and a lot of Dodgers fans, you know, they were coming for me saying how great he was in the second half. But Max Muncy's numbers in the second half last year were still bad. They just seemed like they were all-star caliber because the first half he had last season was as bad as he was for the first few weeks. So, yeah, it made his second half numbers look uh, that much better. But, yeah, he was pretty horrible by his standards all of 2022. Yeah, but just one thing, this is what I was saying to George, is like there's there's this – there are certain guys who've meant so much to an organization that you got to kind of let them work it out a little bit. And I think Max Muncy is one of those guys through, call it 10, 11, 12 games prior to where we are right now, that has earned that inside the Dodger organization. Like, it's early enough that we can let him work it out. And yes, granted, he's killed the San Francisco Giants throughout his career. They did the right thing. They let him, they let him have a little bit of time. It's only 13 yeah. games played. And it's a good thing they did. But, yeah, the article, like I said, uh, two games after, he has the greatest two games of his life. But here's so, the thing. If he, goes back to, if he goes back to stinking it up, you're, you're going you're gonna to still look good. Don't, don't waver from your position just because he's playing the team he's awesome against and he's having an incredible series. That's true. That's true. If he goes 0 for 12 this weekend, I'll still be right. It's like right. a win-win <laughs> for me. I mean, it's like, okay, he's either good or I'm just proving my point even more. So yeah, I can't lose. Exactly. Just wait. Right. Just wait it out. It'll work out. So, uh, All right, Blake. Uh, Molly Knight says that this is the worst Dodger team she's seen in a decade. Um, 
she, she might be right uh, in, in the sense that, look, I mean, she knows more baseball. She's forgotten more baseball than I know. But, um, like, if you really look at it, I went back and, and, you know, through the years, and I felt like there was one Dave Roberts team that kind of started off slow but still ended up winning the division anyway. Um, and that was probably, like, I want to say, like, 2018, 17, in that range somewhere. Um, maybe even 2016. But it's one of those teams in the first couple of years in that, in that stretch did not perform like the teams we've seen recently. And, but they eventually still won the division. But, man, like you have to go back to 2012, which is what I would imagine she's referring to, when they didn't even make uh, a playoff appearance. So do you feel like this team, considering the way the National League uh, is positioned at the moment, could end up being on the outside looking in? I know it's only 13 games, but just based on how you feel the rest of the National League looks. Yeah, I saw that tweet last night, too, and I thought the same thing. But there was someone in the replies that brought this up in which I totally forgot about it. I do believe it was 2018, um, the year that you initially were thinking of, George. And I think the reply said that in 2018, the Dodgers actually started the season 16 and 26. And they ended up turning things around because I, right. I didn't, you know, right. I, I forgot about that. But then I was thinking back, like, I remember that, like entering June, they were playing pretty crappy baseball. So. I guess that was probably a much worse start than this because as Scott was saying right before I came on, like they are seven and six, like they are still above 500. This guy isn't falling. They did lose a couple close games where it is still a little bit early, but I have been seeing a lot of Dodgers fans that are kind of panicking and the sky is falling after like Scott said as well, only 13 games. So I'm not going to go and say this is the worst Dodgers team that, you know, we've seen since 2012, the last year that they missed out in the postseason. I want to give it a month or two before we can really make that, you know, proclamation. But when we've been so accustomed to seeing this team start out the season so hot and really beat up on teams like the D-backs, I mean, had the Dodgers lost, you know, five of seven, whatever, to the Padres, I don't think anyone would be panicking because we're expecting the Padres to be a good team. I just think it's because it was the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that many people are sleeping on. I think I even a few. You weeks and ago, I were on them. The, yeah. It, yeah, when yeah. we were talking about teams in in the in, before the uh, before spring training started, I said yeah. I feel like the Diamondbacks are a year away from being last year's uh, Orioles. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, we were both high on the D-backs. So, like I said, I, I don't think this is the worst Dodgers team. I I still think they're pretty solid. Figure out the pitching a little. That's a little bit concerning, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a month from right now, they're, you know, 15 games above 500 and they have, like, a five-game lead in first place in the division. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a Philadelphia fan and my team was in the World Series last year and they spent all this money in the offseason and you're 4-8, and eight, I'd be, like, unhappy. But given what the yeah. Dodgers did not do in the offseason uh, and given what everybody else did, I mean, the Mets, I mentioned the Phillies, uh, the Braves, everybody has high expectations for clearly the Padres at seven and six I'm not worried yet and I I can't believe this whole thing about they're the worst team uh, that I've seen in the last 10 years or whatever it's just worst Dodger team so there's there's definitely a curve here right but I mean worst Dodger guys we're 13 games in now even this Chris Taylor thing George and I were just talking about this so Blake I know you wrote about this Chris Taylor situation explain how bad you see it as meaning you've gone back and you've kind of given us like a one-year look at Chris Taylor yeah, so obviously, you know, it's been 12 games I think he's played this season, and essentially he's uh, he's now taken over Max Muncy as the worst player in baseball. But I wanted to take a deeper look. I wanted to crunch the numbers even more. So I stretched this back to June of 2022. There are 238 hitters that qualify for the number of at-bats that Chris Taylor's had. So remember that number, 238 players. 
Of those qualified players, Chris Taylor's batting average is 237th. His strikeout percentage, 237th. His on-base percentage, 235th. And his WRC+, plus, a metric that is pretty much that tells you what kind of hitter you are, 236. So this is nearly a one-year sample size of Chris Taylor being arguably the worst hitter in all of baseball. And even going back to 2021, the year he was an all-star, you know, in the all-star game for the Dodgers, in the second half of that season, he hit 157, OPS of 500. So, honestly, Chris Taylor's been a really, really bad hitter over the last two years. Obviously, the Dodgers are going to figure it out soon because they need him at shortstop with Miguel Rojas injured, and they're going to need him to see some reps in the outfield. But, yeah, this, this isn't a, a cold two weeks to start the season. Chris Taylor has been a, a really bad player for the Dodgers now for almost two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> you're not uh, – you're not uh, – you're not good. Yeah, I mean, listen. I, but I will say for all, this, guys. I will. I, I will say this because I just wrote this article on Chris Taylor. You know what's coming this week. Oh yeah. You, oh, he's gonna right. ball out now. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna. <laughs> you talk about eleven RBIs and four home runs. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, but look, here's what I will say. I think that look, I, I I have a firm belief, and you know, Cappy mocks me when I say this that I think Andrew Friedman is arguably the smartest executive in sports. Um, I, I have all the belief in the world that if they're close, they're just going to make some moves at the deadline and make the team better. Like, and they're going to be right in the thick of it. I agree. I, I think this is going to be a very active trade, line, trade deadline for the Dodgers. Now, who they're picking up, it could be a hitter, it could be a pitcher, but I, I think especially if the D-backs are right in the hunt because we know the Padres are going to be right there. Freeman, I'm not going to say he's going to panic, but he's going to realize we need to make a move, we need to make a splash, and he might acquire someone big that helps the Dodgers get over the hump. Hmm. Well, again, I am like uh, I am the, the the most cliche. It's early in the season, kind of a guy. Yeah. I do not panic when a guy like Max Muncy is hitting 100 and then all of a sudden just explodes. Same goes for if I'm looking at the Padres, a guy like Juan Soto, who a week ago was hitting like 100 and now has got his batting average up to like 250 and, and has been hitting some bomb home runs. It's just too early coming out of spring to judge somebody on 13 games. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and that, that's completely valid, Cappy. I mean, that's what we all have to realize, and especially since it's the start of the season, it's, like, so much bigger. Like, if Max Muncy, you know, in the middle of August had a stretch in which he hit 125, you probably wouldn't even realize it or notice it. It's just the fact that at the beginning of the season, you see the numbers on the board, you're thinking, ah, a 125 hitter. So, yeah, I agree. No need to panic. I just know it's fun to uh, overreact to everything. But, like I said, the Dodgers will be just fine. And they're still going to somehow surprise us and finish the season with, like, 95 to 100 wins. Balake, thank you for the time. Blake Harris is our Dodger insider. Follow him on Twitter, at Blake H. Harris. Subscribe to his Substack, despite the fact that Cappy's a cheapo and won't do it. And listen to his podcast, Inside the Ravine. The man is doing the Lord's work when it comes to covering your Los Angeles Dodgers. Blake, thank you for the time, buddy. I appreciate you guys as always, and have a great weekend. All right, pal. Coming up next, Cappy. Yep. A former Laker champion has both L.A. teams as the favorite to come out of the West. A battle of the Titans in the conference finals. The battle of L.A. in the conference finals. Find out who said that next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm all shook up. Are you snapping? I am. Mm. Song seems very snappy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm all, all shook up. It sounds like you're uh, Derek Carr a little bit when you do that. <laughs> they all sound like they all have a very similar vibe. <laughs> well, you know Derek Carr is down there now playing for the Saints, and uh, as I've told oh, I you, should have visited him while I was there. As I've told y'all many times, when I was with the Raiders, I had Kenneth Stabler's old locker, and that old honky tonk got into me, got into my soul. Here, I'm Derek Carr. I'm down in New Orleans, and I'm gonna talk like this and fit right in. Yeah. Mm. I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. Uh, Rajon Rondo, Cappy, was mm-hmm. on first take this week. Mm-hmm. Says he thinks the Lakers and the Clippers are his favorite to win the West right now. So he has those two meeting the Battle of L.A. in the conference finals. How would you feel about that? That would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. And here would be my prediction. If the Lakers and the Clippers meet in the conference finals, mm-hmm. before that series would start, what would the numbers be that everybody would be talking about. Oh, the fact that the Clippers had won 11 in a row. Right. The Clippers have won 11 in a row against the Lakers, and there's even more data to say that the Clippers have owned the Lakers over the last however many years that yeah, it's Yeah, it was like 38 out of the last like 44 or something like that. Right. So the, the Clippers have owned the Lakers. Ty Lue has never lost to the Lakers. Okay. Remember when the Rams were hosting the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. You remember that mm-hmm. game, George? Right. And you remember what the number was that everybody was talking about going into that game? Do you yeah, recall? Yeah, they won several in a row. Right? I want to say San Francisco had won nine straight games against the I Rams. I thought it was six, but go ahead. Whatever it's the point is, whether yep. it's six or nine <laughs> or, or it's 11, okay, like the Clippers have over the Lakers, what I'm trying to say is, is that the Niners were the dominant team over – the Rams. And again, go back and, and look. I think it was nine straight wins. I'm not positive, but I think it was nine. Maybe I'm wrong. But the Lakers have lost 11 straight times to the Clippers. So everybody's just going to assume that the Clippers would steamroll the Lakers. I will tell you that when the Lakers play the Clippers next, and if, it, if it's in a, a seven-game series, Lakers will win. Because at some point, it just turns. The, the math just turns. And just like the, the Rams, who had to win that NFC Championship game when the Niners had dominated them for so many games in a row, mm-hmm. the Lakers will do the same thing. Okay. Now, don't ask me why. Why? No, I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, just uh, because. Uh, 
Okay. Just trust me on this. Okay, okay. You cannot be the Lakers and lose to the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals and send the Clippers to their first NBA championship. Uh, by the way, it was six in a row. Thank you for that. For the Niners. They, uh, won, they swept them in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Okay. Six in a row until they got to the NFC Championship game. The game and then were, in the playoffs in 2021, right, the Rams won. All the marbles. Who's going to yeah. go to the and Super Bowl? And by the way, the Niners then won two more after that. How about that? See, the the Rams won the game that actually counted. Right, but the difference in basketball is it's a series. I understand that. Yeah. I get it. I just have this feeling. And by the way. I got this feeling. Yeah, come on. Deep deep inside inside of me. me. Yeah, come on, come on. And girl, Girl, you you make me me realize what what you you do do to me. me. Uh Yeah, come on, come on, come on. When you hold me, when you're all alone and you hold me, when you heal Oh, come on. I hooked on a feeling. Yeah. Uh, uh. I don't believe it. Mm. That you're in love with me. You know who sings that song? Uh, Steely something? No, I don't think it's Steely no, something. No, it's David Hasselhoff. I that. don't think it's the Hoff either. No way. <laughs> no, he does sing say. a version of that. I what? don't think that's the Hoff. Come on. Who I sings like that song? Blue something? This was blue on, something. on this day recently, wasn't it? I'm going to say like no, BJ, blue something. BJ something, BJ. No, blue something. Blue something? Yeah. You guys are blue both something. right. No, I no. It up. BJ something. BJ Thomas yes. and Blue Suede. Blue Suede. Suede. Sweet Suede. It's it spelled S-W-E-D-E. Yeah. I don't know what, that, what the pronunciation is. I don't know. BJ Thomas. I would imagine Swede. Swede, Suede. Ooga Chaka. Ooga Chaka. Yeah. I can't chaka. fight this feeling. Yeah. I think it's pronounced. Stop this feeling. Well, whatever. I, uh, I Girl, think, you just don't realize what, what you, you do, do to me when you hold me uh, and you're all alone. No, it's what? in your arms so tight. Yeah, that. You uh, let me know everything's all right. I'm hooked on a feeling. Uh, uh, I'm high on uh, believing that you're in love with me. I think it's pronounced Svid. No way. Sweet. Is it? Sweet. Yeah, right. It could be. Blue Sweet. It's blue something. Yeah. It's blue Sweet. So anywho, um, so you think the Lakers would win that series? Well, let's just, just go, go, go through this, George. How would this happen? So the Clippers play the Suns and the Lakers play the Grizzlies. I'm just trying to do the math here on how the Clippers and the Lakers actually get to the Western Conference Finals. So the Clippers would have to beat the Suns, then they'd have to beat the Nuggets, and then the Lakers would have to beat the Grizzlies and the winner of the Warriors and the Kings. Right, and nobody's giving the Kings a shot here. Yeah, I mean the Warriors, basically. Nobody's, but no, I'm saying nobody's giving the Kings a shot against the Warriors. No, no, that's what I'm saying. In theory, it would be the Warriors. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Boy, Lakers versus Clippers in Western Conference Finals. Oh, my God. It would be great. Could you imagine? I'd be on the sidelines for the radio, and I wouldn't have to go anywhere. God, that'd be great. Oh, my God. It really would be the perfect scenario. I wouldn't have to go anywhere. I could sleep at home every day. Oh. See? Always thinking about yourself. I may even just get a hotel just because I want to sleep in a little bit and not let the kids wake me up at 7 in the morning. See? It's always all about you. All about Sedano. Oh, Oh, it's all about Sedano. So good. I mean, do you think I want to get on planes? I don't. Unless you're going to LAX, because you know you like to show up. I love LAX. LAX. I know yeah, you do. but I don't. I, it's LAX isn't the problem. It's the airlines that are my issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you should try Breezy Airlines. Yeah, I you know I don't think Breezy flies to LAX. I think they do. They're, they're my son's taking Breezy. Hundred dollars oh. one way. 
Right. Actually, yeah. I think you're. I think you're right. He's going into Santa Ana. I think he's going into John Wayne. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. So I'm an LAX guy. I know you are. Yeah. I know you are. I don't know about that. I don't know about the Lakers and the Clippers. Oh, making it, it would be fantastic. It, it and you'd be, be at every game, Cappy. Yeah, of course I would be. Right. Naturally, I would be. But I don't know, man. I mean, th- those are kind of one of those things I where mean, think about think about the the matchups there. Not only do you have like Kawhi versus uh, LeBron. PG versus AD, right? Like the ones and the twos. How about right? think about Brody? I mean, getting a shot at revenge I, on the in Lakers. The finals, right? right. You, you'd have that, right? Ty Lue, uh, revenge against the Lakers. Um, you'd have, uh, you know, John Ireland versus Noah Eagle, right? You know, I mean, right, what I else got, you got? I got John Ireland in that fight. Oh, no way. Yeah, Noah Eagle. I love Ireland. I, no, John Noah Ireland. Eagle will run circles around him. John I've Ireland, seen that kid in the weight room. No, He'd jo- kill Ireland. No, John Ireland will take Noah Eagle. No way. He will put him over his knee, and Never. he will spank his tuchus like a little kid. No and that's way. That's exactly what he did. I was in a weight room. I did a, a Clippers-Nuggets game in Denver at the end of February, and we were staying at the same hotel as the Clippers, and Noah Eagle and I were at the gym at the same time, and I could not believe how much weight was on the stuff he was doing. What was he doing? Was he benching like 300 or something? Yeah. I mean, you'd be stunned. Really? Was he kid. squatting like 500, this kid? I mean, it was insane. Well, he's going to have to like respect he... his elders. And John John Ireland will spank his little tushy. Noah Eagle wouldn't even have to take off his glasses to kick John Ireland's butt. I don't know, George. I don't know about that. I think yeah. Noah Eagle's so there'd a respectful be that, guy. Right. You'd have those guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Going at each other. Um, Boy, a battle for the Western Conference with the Lakers versus the Clippers would be total insanity. Right. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, probably not, no. to be honest. I mean, it's one of those things that like, you always want that to happen, and it just never does. Never materializes. But it would be fantastic. Be mar- be delicious. Oh, my God. Everybody would, would love that because everybody would be like, oh, my God, we don't have to leave anywhere. I feel like I wouldn't like it because I think the Lakers would definitely lose. Why would you say such a thing? Why would you do that? I mean, it's possible. I mean, don't even put that I mean, into the universe. very possible. I'm trying to sell you on the opposite. I think that I would rather the Clippers are the least, like, the team that I would like the Lakers to face off the least because I feel like they have the least chances. Against. Right. But again, I'm just looking at this from a logistics standpoint. Oh, yes. Like, and uh, the selfish media standpoint is you want to be in a good city, okay, for these things, okay? And think about it. If, you play, if the Lakers and Clippers are playing, you never have to leave the good city. That's true. You know, like we would no, have to deal look, with you on remote and stuff like that. You right, have to travel. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. would just be there and it would be easy. I'd walk across the street. I could do every show. I'd go do my sideline hits for the uh, for the radio for ESPN radio. It would be easy. It would be so easy. And everybody would be so happy because they'd be like, oh, we're in L.A. In, in, you know, May or, you know, late May. It's great. It's like everybody would be happy. It's like, you know. Tell you who be, wouldn't be happy, it'd be a bunch of nervous Laker fans because the one, the, the nah. worst, the worst possible nightmare for a Laker fan is to lose to the Clippers when in the playoffs yeah, yeah. and in the Western Conference Finals yeah. to decide who's going to go to the championship. Yeah. Worst Laker oh, no, but it nightmare. It would be great. The pressure would be fantastic. It would be awesome. And again, again. You don't have to leave the good city. Yeah. See, now, I'm telling you, man, you're being very selfish about this right now. You yes, know? I admit that. All right. I mean, because I'm usually the one who's very selfish around right. here. Usually I'm but it's okay. Things I'm, that accommodate me. I mean, if 
that is the last my last tour of duty on the NBA. Okay, barring an occasion, you know, uh, you know, sports center sports center knocking on the door to make me, you know, not make me or ask me to do something for the finals. Really, they make you do that? They're like, hey, we need you to no, go on with no, Scott Van Pelt. We're making you. We're no, forcing make, you to do that. Make is not the do you, word. You're like, I don't want to go on with Scott Van Pelt. I don't like that guy. No, first of all, I would not go on Scott Van Pelt's show because I'm not like a big enough personality oh. to be invited on oh. that show. Okay. Um, I think you're a and I and I say that being all com, with complete honesty, like oh. like I don't. Tim Legler's you know, a bigger personality than George Sedano. A hundred Come times, on. yes. Not in my world. That guy was a th- M- like he played in the NBA. I don't I care. These legs, world. not my world. Well, you're he's Sedano. Got gr- he's got a great nickname. Well, legs you, is a great nickname. I mean, come on, legs. But so is Sedano. No, not like legs though. No, we just made me. that up. That was just Christopher making that yeah, up, and I we've know. just rolled with it. It's I mean, not. legs is like legit good. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, it would just be easy. Yes, it would, but it would be very, very nerve wracking. So, Ray yeah, John no, but Rondo, that's also good too. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm that's fine. good for business. Rajon Rondo says that he's got the Clippers and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Huh? This is those are his two favorites. All right, well, well he played for both teams. Though, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen, everybody can dream. Yeah. But it, it's what I, the media always roots for good cities. So that would be it. You get the good city. All rolled that? up into one. All right. So. All right. Big deal or no deal? Two minutes. Thanks, Christopher. All right, Lindsay, you take it away. Thanks, Sedano. All right. So uh, while we were watching these playing games last night, you may have noticed that one of the stars from the game in Toronto, I'm sorry, in Chicago, was not on the court because it was DeMar, D.R. DeRozan, the nine-year-old daughter of Bulls forward DeMar DeRozan. Her name's D.R. DeRozan? Yes, that's correct. And her role in the Bulls 109-105 road victory over the Raptors was present every time a Raptors player stepped up to the free throw line. Her contribution was her screams, which were audibly heard on ESPN's broadcast from the stands as a distraction method for Raptors players shooting free throws. Worked. Here is what it sounded like. That is the daughter of DeMar DeRozan. And here's the voice you're hearing when Raptors shoot. She's screaming. (laughs) (laughs) That time it didn't work. (laughs) Hey, it's the thought that counts. Trying to help Daddy out. All right, so, well, that time it may not have counted, but overall... It seems like it worked because the Raptors shot 18 of 36, of course, 50%. Their worst uh, performance of the season at yep. the free throw line. Yep. Yeah. But do not worry, Sedano and Heat fans, because her dad confirmed that she won't be attending Friday's game in Miami because she has to go back to school. So while I don't think this is necessarily a big deal, I found it very interesting and wonder if you guys think that her screaming really did impact the Raptors at the line. Um, I mean... I. Considering the home team is quiet, it, it, at least a few times it had to startle them. Like, what the hell is that? You know, it's pretty uh, high pitch. It's unbelievably annoying. Now, look, I give the young lady a lot of credit. She wants her dad to move on. She wants her dad to continue to play in the playoffs, and whatever you can do to help your team win. But she was so loud, and it was so high pitched. I'm telling you right now, those players heard that just as they were about to shoot. And it freaked them out. You want to hear it again? You know what they could have done? They, we could have used her here on Tuesday night. Those last three free throws after Anthony Davis had the brain fart. We could have used her for those three free throws. You want to hear the clip again, Kevin? Oh, it's so annoying. That is the daughter of DeMar DeRozan. 
And here's the voice you're hearing when Raptors shoot. She's screaming. Dude, she is so, so loud, loud, that girl. So loud. So and she's pitch. a little cutie, but I got to say, like, when other people's kids are making annoying noises, it annoys people who, it's not your kid. Like, that's very annoying to me. I will say, I found, uh, what was her name, Riley Curry, much more annoying than her, because I think what she did was hilarious. Um, well, you did. found Riley Curry annoying because yes. you were playing, mm-hmm. your team was playing against them in the finals. Uh-huh. What'd she Riley do? Curry was was adorable. She was adorable, but it was still annoying how like he, you know, it got it got old. It was cute the first time, and then he kept She's doing cute. it. She's still <laughs> cute. She's What'd she do? You now. can't let it go. I don't he kept, remember. He brought her let, on like, the, the the post game podium so? every single time that, at every that's game, annoying. and so she'd cute. be all like, uh, she was like so three cute. or four yeah. years old. She didn't impact cute. the game. No, I'm not saying that she was cute. I'm just saying it got annoying after a while. Like I felt like it was like a crutch for him. Like Girl, oh, we gotta bring it over. A three year old that's super adorable. It's not annoying. First time, super cute yeah i mean you know and he threw that mouthpiece oh my gosh the mouthpiece that was so gross i don't know man demar the rosen's daughter i don't know how that kid is so freaking loud she's piercing my ears and i'm telling you right now she definitely impacted those players shooting yeah at least the first couple times for sure and then they kind of blocked it out probably right no because they missed half their free throws (laughs) oh that's pretty funny all right so this one's for you cappy Austin Eckler didn't close the door on a return to the Chargers, but he didn't keep it very open either after he asked for a trade this offseason amid stalled contract negotiations. The veteran running back told Sirius XM last week that he, quote, kind of got punched in the face when the Chargers refused to offer him an extension, and he said that he felt disrespected by his own organization. So, of course, he's entering the final year of his four-year, $24.5 million deal that he signed back in 2020, and he said he's looking for a long-term partner that would sign him to a better deal. So, is what he said about them punching him in the face a big deal or no deal, Cappy? I'm going to say it's no deal. I mean, young man, do your homework. Do your research organizationally speaking, doesn't matter if they're playing in L.A. in the Rams stadium or if they're playing in their rightful home in South-South L.A. The fact of the matter is, this ownership has always disrespected everybody who's ever come through it. And I'm talking old school, man. Like, you, you can go all the way back. I mean, way, way back. You can go back to Dan Fouts. You could bring it through Junior Seau. You could bring it through LaDainian Tomlinson. The list goes on and on. It never ends well with this organization. So not surprised that Austin Eckler feels like he's been punched in the face and disrespected. This is a guy who replaced a first-round draft choice as an undrafted free agent, and all they gave him was a four-year, $24 million deal? I mean, bro, do some research, man. Oh, I thought you were going to go check yourself No, no, he doesn't have to check himself. He needs to do some research. It's a big difference, George, between checking yourself and doing some homework. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do you wow. think? What do you think about I this? I think you should have checked. You got should have gone check yourself. You there. think so? Do it again. Hey, you know what, dude? Austin Eckler, bro, check yourself, dude. Seriously, because it it sounds better than you saying Austin Eckler, bro. Do your research. Hey, Austin Eckler. I mean, just look back in the history of the organization. That you go further back into the black and white days of Lance Allworth. And they, 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 they disrespected that guy, and he was one of their all-time legends. I'm telling you, man, every guy, Dan Fouts, Junior Seau, LaDainian Tomlinson, they're certainly going to disrespect Austin Eckler. And they have. Mm. All right. Do we got any more, Lindsay, or are we yeah. done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, All right, so it's no secret that Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway are big fans of Apple. And last month, the conglomerate revealed that it had further expanded its already massive holding of Apple stock. Well, speaking to CNBC yesterday, Buffett explained why he thinks Apple has such a strong brand loyalty from its users. He said, quote, if you're an Apple user and somebody offers you ten grand, but the only provision is they'll take away your iPhone and you're never going to be allowed to buy another one, you're not going to take it. If they tell you to buy another Ford car and they'll give you $10,000 not to do that, you'll take the 10000 and you'll buy a Chevy instead. But mm-hmm. most people wouldn't give up their iPhone. So I feel like it's kind of a big deal since he's you know super rich. So do you agree with him? If someone gave you ten grand and said, I'm taking your iPhone and you could never buy another one again, would you take it? No. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I don't think so either. I wouldn't. Laura, what about you? I mean, you need your. I mean, your phone has become everything. It's your phone. It's your contacts. But it's specifically your, an iPhone. Like you'd be allowed to get like a Samsung oh, I or can, whatever. Oh, mm. I know a lot of people that use. What is the other side of it? The Google side of it. What Droid. Is, uh, Droid. Uh, okay. Android. Android. I know a lot of people. Let me rephrase that. I know some people that have Androids, and I always ask them the same question. Are you happy with that phone? Because to me, it just seems like everybody in the world uses an iPhone. Mm -hmm. People who have Androids seem to, check me on this. Are happy. Yeah, Yeah. they love them. Now, like the Apple stock today is at $165.56. It's up over $5.45 today. Thank you, Jim Cramer. You got it. I've been following the Apple stock also, Mm -hmm. and it's it's been progressively like gone from like 150 to 165. It's one of those companies where you can feel safe about the stock. True. And, I, and around here, I mean, everybody's got an iPhone, everybody's got a MacBook, everybody's got an well, iPad. Well, not Sliwa. Not Sliwa. I was like, Sliwa no, doesn't have There's one. There's your the one green, guy. The green text bubble. There's your outlier. Yeah, you ruined all that stuff. To answer Lindsay's question, I would take the 10 Gs just because, I mean... Ten G's, ten G's. Actually, if, if I, oh, I thought you meant I couldn't get another phone. Period. No, you like, can never get another iPhone for as long as you live. You can oh, only get oh, an Android. Oh, no, no, then I'll take the ten grand. I'll take a Google phone for ten grand. I I'm not giving up my iPhone. Dude, that's for 10, ten phones. So, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are we talking I feel about like here? Like my my iPhone having the ability to use the iPhone is way way like more I, than I, that. You get a new. I get a new phone like every four years. So like, yeah. it's basically 40, 40 years worth of phones. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be alive probably in forty. I years. I cannot use the droids. I've tried it and I can't even do it. I want. I want nothing to do with those phones. So I will yeah. say, my parents, all my like, all the kids have iPhones. The parents. Here's what I'll have do. I'll Android. take the ten grand and put it in an Apple stock. Now yeah, that's a go. smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. It is smart, but you still wouldn't be able to use it. Doesn't matter. Now, you know what? You, I'll bet you right now, I'll bet you if all of us gave up our iPhones. We could do it. And we all went to droids, I'll bet you we could all do it. And I'll bet you a year later, we'd all Well, look, like, I tell you this. Phones. I, I would love, we should all, we should go, I mean, Cappy, like, I'm not even joking about this. Forget cited for a second. We should start our own version of Twitter. People are really mad about Twitter right now. Yeah, they are. But I mean, George, it's going to take a long time. It depends on if you get. It's like everything. If you get the right influencers, it will happen. It can happen faster. No, I'm so, talking people, about the development. Well, people oh, the development, not but not but not the usage of it. It's just the development that well, takes I mean, a long listen, time. Listen, there, there have been platforms that have blown up quickly and then all of a sudden fell off. Like, do you guys remember a platform a couple of years ago called Clubhouse? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, but that, but that, that's hard. Like, I actually because you need a that's like appointment listening in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? All like, I'm saying is it blew up. They had millions and millions and millions of users. Yeah. They were on CNBC all day every day because they were a new phenomenon, and then all of a sudden they fell apart. Well, 
For but what we could sell it before it falls apart. Well, yeah. I'd like to do that. For what it's yeah. worth, like, I guess, so Elon <laughs> did an interview yesterday or the day before on, like, the BBC. No, nah, I don't care what Elon said. Well, like. I'm just saying, like, it sounds like he's open to selling it. And he said- Well, he's not going to make the money. He, right. He, he said that it. he bought it because he thought that he was being going to be forced to buy it. And so that's why he, like, ultimately bought it. Oh, he's so yeah, full of He crap. was going to be forced to buy it. He made this whole pitch for the thing. I think And he, then he tried to back out of the right. deal. And I think he realizes that, like, now, like, most of the world that uses Twitter hates him. And, like, I feel like his feelings are genuinely hurt. He did admit that. Like, it, it upset him that people hated him so much. And honestly, it's like, I don't know. Just some of the yeah. stuff he's doing, like how he painted over the W on the signs, like had the Twitter sign at their headquarters, and he's like, "Oh, I thought that was funny." It's like he's got such like he's like a twelve-year-old. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. George, I no. noticed recently on your Twitter um, profile, I guess it is. Somebody pointed out on the Circle of Trust that your blue check mark is intact, but you've been added to like an ESPN Radio logo. Yeah. Uh, so Carlos sent me this message, I think, about like. To keep the blue check mark, I needed to do something to. Ex- He's going to send me some invitation to accept it, and I was just like, "All right, whatever." So I clicked on the link and I hit accept, and that was it. And then yeah. it it put the ESPN LA logo next to my blue check mark thingy. Mm. What about yours, Cap? You don't know that? No, mine just is straight old. You know, whatever it was, you, blue check mark. I don't know how long it's going to last. You didn't get the message from Carlo. I did not. What the heck, Carlo? I know. Come on, Carlo. Do better. <laughs> well, now we know who he loves more. That's do better. Sure. I know. I know. Do I better, bet you Carlo. that the email is in your ESPN email address. That's Probably where it is. So. Right. Yeah. Cap at ESPN.com. The one that he doesn't know. The one that I can't yeah. find. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Leave All right. Me. That is. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Laura. No, I was just going to say, um, Lindsay made a good point. We all downloaded some type of app because we were going to go to that instead of Twitter. Yeah, but yeah I forgot what it was. It. We don't I even forgot. remember. Yeah. 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 But we forgot, forgot what it was. What it was. <laughs> yeah. But we'll start a new one, damn it. We'll have, we'll have skin in the game. All right. That is a Big Deal or No Deal. Uh, dealer's Choice. And we're going to look into the future before that, Cappy. We'll do all that coming up next. More Al Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You know, I'm uh I'm feeling pretty snappy here this evening. Yeah? Are you ready to look into the future? I would love to. Okay, great. Um the reason we're saying that is because apparently Brian Windhorse made a comment about that in the uh on first take today. <laughs> uh and he was referring to the Lakers Grizzlies series. And I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, let me hear what he has to say. I can close my eyes and look into the future on Monday when, <laughs> however game one goes, Molly is bringing up the fouls. There's going to be a topic on Monday on this show about the fouls. And if it doesn't happen Monday, it'll happen by Thursday. Because the L.A. Lakers, are their whole offensive game plan is to get inside the paint and draw fouls. A.D. does it. LeBron does it. Austin Reeves, one of the best in the West at good there and drawing fouls. And what is the game plan against Jaron Jackson, who I just voted for Defensive Player of the Year? Draw fouls. I'm telling you, Dylan Brooks is going to be complaining about fouls. Taylor <coughs> Jenkins is going to be presented, complaining about fouls. It's going to be, unfortunately, one of these throwback Phil Jackson series where there's going to be fines because there's going to be complaints about officiating because that's going to be the case. And so with that said, the, to me... If Ja Morant plays like a superstar in this series, if Ja Morant is the best player in this series, Grizzlies are going to win it, okay? They don't have an answer for him 
at that end of the court. The Lakers are a good defensive team, but their athleticism on the perimeter is shaky. And this is one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in my life. They're, they might even have to go to Jared Vanderbilt because they need, That's they're not gonna going to keep up with him with speed. They that, may that. need size. All right. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into the future. You ready? Okay, let me hear what you got. As I look into the future, Anthony Davis is going to absolutely own Jaron Jackson Jr. Cappy in this series. That's it. Well, I mean, I'm just go. I was expecting you to go now. Oh, oh, my turn. Okay, I'm gonna look into the future right now. Okay. And I'm going to say that in game one, mm-hmm. LeBron James mm-hmm. has a 40-point performance. A 40-burger? And the Lakers win game one. Or a 40-piece chicken wings? That's a good question. A 40-burger or a 40-piece? I'm going to go with the 40-burger. Sounds okay. a little bit better right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. You want to keep looking into the future? I will look into the future. Brian is right about the fouls and it won't just be LeBron and AD but Austin Reeves do you know that Austin Reeves is in the top or I believe tied for 10th in free throw attempts since March 1st Austin Reeves will be getting a ton of free throws and it will drive Grizzlies fans insane all right I'll also look into the future now while what Wendy was talking about was the refereeing and the uh, fouls and he didn't really mention this LeBron James mm-hmm. will work the referees harder in the postseason mm-hmm. than he even does during the regular season. Because let me just say this about LeBron. Yeah. There is not one play on either end of the floor mm-hmm. where LeBron James is not complaining to the referees that he was either fouled on the offensive end or he was even fouled while playing on the defensive end. He literally complains to the referees Every single play on the floor. So while we're talking about all these guys complaining and fines and working the officials, there's nobody who does it harder than LeBron. So I'm predicting into the future that LeBron's going to make a big deal of this. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the deal. Uh, All right, cool. And then uh, I will also make a prediction, a non-Lakers prediction as I look into the future. Okay. The Clippers are coming back to L.A. 1-1 in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a competitive series. Hey, when is that uh, Clippers Suns game one? When I got to look at the schedule here. So it's also Sunday, isn't it? Is it yeah, Sunday? Sunday. Because the East games are the opposite. It's on days. TNT though. That's too bad. Let me take a look at this schedule here real quick. Can I make a prediction? Yeah, feel free. I'm going to look into the future, and the Cavs are going to beat the Knicks in game one on Saturday. Book okay. It. There you go. There's your Cleveland alert right there. Donovan Mitchell goes for 40. 40 burger or 40 piece? 40 burger. Gotcha. Yeah, Clippers and Suns Sunday at 5 o'clock on TNT. I was just thinking to myself, I'm over in Phoenix, and if uh, the game were on Saturday, I might find myself hey kinging somebody. Why can't you go Sunday? Flights at like, I don't know, 4 o'clock or something. Oh, okay. Get the PJ. Yeah, I don't have that. Okay. I don't have access to that. Maybe if I were going to Sacramento to see the Kings versus the Warriors, maybe then I could jump on the PJ. Because the guys with the PJ, they're kind of the owners of the uh, Kings. Mm. How about that? Yeah. All right, you got dealer's choice? 
You know, um, we do have a few minutes left. So, George, the other day, um, you and I were talking. Remember I told you the story about the Uber driver? Mm-hmm. And how the Uber driver was on the phone, didn't ask me and Rachel, hey, do you guys mind if I take this call? Didn't tell the people that he was on the phone with, hey, I've got folks in the car, you know, now's not a great time. Then he started texting, almost got us into a car accident, got us lost at the airport. Right. There's a whole thing, right? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And remember I was saying to you that I feel like kind of a wuss for not having like the courage to say to the guy, hey, excuse me, do you hey, mind? Hey, bro. Yeah, like, do you mind here, pal? Yeah. You know, or even soften it up. Like, hey, excuse me, look, obviously you got some things going on. Do you have any headphones you could use? Yeah. Uh, no, I, God forbid I should be like just a little bit of a man and say something, especially when it bothers my girlfriend, right? Yeah. So I think you were gone the other day. Uh, you'd already left. True story, George. Um, yeah. I took Rachel out to dinner. I want to say it was Wednesday night, I think. No, no, no. It must have been Monday night. Oh, I heard this story. Yeah, and so there's you this guy. You told Christopher, right, that yeah. some guy at the bar was yammering on his uh, AirPods. Right, so now all I asked the Uber driver, you know, I, w- I should have asked Uber driver, you got AirPods. This guy comes walking in, he's sitting at the bar. With and, AirPods. With AirPods, and there's nobody else in the place except me and Rachel, and we're sitting kind of behind him at the table behind him, and he's, this guy's screaming yeah. the entire time. Right. And I had just, I felt like I had just talked to you about being such a wuss. And you were a wuss again. And I wussed out again. Well, why didn't you just, like, move tables? Because we, first of all, we were there first. Second, so what? Like, well, secondly, you know, it's like the, the people who own the restaurant, they're looking at me and they're rolling their eyes, too. Now, like, were we you mad it, about you know? this or was Rachel mad about both it? Both of yes, us exactly. were mad about it. In this case, Laura both of us. just said that back well, here. No, well, both of us were because we were trying to have Rachel. a very important conversation, she and oh, I. Oh, yeah? Were you on the Calendly that night? I had gotten on her Calendly, yes. Oh, so okay. serious. Yeah. 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 So we were having a serious conversation. This guy's <laughs> screaming, like really personal stuff, man. Right. And like right. I I should have been a man and walked up to the guy and been like, excuse me, sir. Hey, um, you're talking very loudly about some what seems like very personal stuff. Maybe you don't want us to hear this. Maybe you're not aware that you're talking so loudly. So here I wussed out to the to the Uber driver, and then I wussed out to the guy at the restaurant. Uh, okay, so what, uh. what's the issue then? I don't know if I'm like just a giant wuss. No. Can I just say something? First of all, I listen, Cap. I understand if someone's loud and they don't, because I'm loud. I mean, y'all can hear me sometimes through the damn glass. Glass. Right? And it's soundproof. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really loud. You so loud, sometimes, girl. Sometimes I don't know how loud I am, but I try to, like, you know, keep yeah. it down in public. Louder. Pero <laughs> the thing is, you don't, this whole, like, oh, I'm not, man, like, I'm a wuss, I'm not whatever the whole man thing i'm not manly enough. yeah i'm not manly enough like rachel what the hell turn around yo because i don't got a problem i don't need my man to do it like if i have a problem with something yeah turn around and just do it like yo shut up you're too loud that's a great point like why does it have to be you if rachel doesn't like it then she should also say something i got a man what your man got to do with me i'm gender equality yeah and i looked at this guy and i'm like you know what if this guy like gets upset with us and wants to fight me no, I think you're, you know, no. I mean, I mean I'm going to kick this guy's ass if I have to. Wait, to yeah. Laura's point, though, if... if Don't we have a rap soon? Yeah, real soon. Yeah, if Rachel says something, I feel like you're at less... There's a less chance of you getting in a fight mm-hmm. if oh, she really? says something. Yep. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Try that until the guy wants to karate chop you on the throat. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got to figure this out. I got yeah. Next, next right. time it happens, I got to say something, I think. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you FaceTime Laura and then she can say something? Yeah, that's a I great will. idea. I Next am. time this happens, I'm, like, I'm walking up to this guy. Excuse me, sir. Hold on. A friend of mine would like to say something to you. And then, Laura, you just sit there and be like, yo, man, you Shut loud. Up. Shut the hell up. Yep. That's a great you. idea. I, I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done here. Let's get out of here. All right.
Excellent work, Cappy, Lindsay, and Laura. What's up next, uh, Laura? ESPN Radio. Oh, Freddie Coleman and Fitzy. Freddie and Fitzy coming up next. You guys have a great evening.